growing up, I always wanted to see more people who look like me that were successful. Can I afford to take a risk to follow my dreams? We are excited to bring you the Make Your Mark podcast, hosted by philanthropist Kim Niles. The Make Your Mark podcast allows you to hear personal stories of resilience by professionals and public figures of color. Our guests unapologetically share their triumphs, lessons learned, and how they found balance in their experiences. Tune in to equip yourself with strategies and coping mechanisms on how to boldly make your mark. Subscribe and listen now. And welcome to the Make Your Mark talk show. So today we have a very, very special guest. Her name is Miss Penny Cromwell. Uh, Penny, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So Penny is very, very dear to my heart uh, in so many ways because I remember the first day I met you. It was my first time going out showcasing my apparel line. And I remember you came up to me. I told you about my mission, what I wanted to do. And you looked at me and you said, you know what? I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Right. And you blessed me with your purchase. And then you also said to me, you know what, I'm going to buy one and I'm going to ask you to donate it to a young girl. Yes. And for me, that was really, really special just because it was just to know that someone was out there that cares and that, you know, sometimes you just need that person to say you're on the right path. And that's what you really did for me. So I was so humbled by having to meeting you at that moment. And especially because it was my first time out, I've never done a pop-up shop before. And you were so sincere. And, you know, when in developing Make Your Mark, and I thought about the first couple of people came to mind right away to showcase here in the city, and you were one of them. So thank you so much for being on our show. And I'm sure you are going to bless this audience with a lot of knowledge. I'll try. You know, you, I know you will. So Penny comes to us as one of the first female MCs here in Canada and inducted into the DJ Stylist Canadian Music Awards. DJ Stylist Awards. Yeah. Yeah. Of the Hall of Fame as well, which is part of the Kilowatt Sound Crew. See, I got that right. Kilowatt with a K. Kilowatt with a K. Kilowatt with a K. (laughs) Sound Crew. And one of the things I loved about reading a little bit on your bio is you said something, always believe your dream is possible. And it's something that even every time I speak with you, you remind me of that. So that tells me that you really do believe that you feel that in every fiber of your being. And, you know, another part that you also said in your, in your bio is you said you make your mark by telling your story. And to me, that's priceless because you know, we all have a story. We all have a message to tell. And I believe that's why we're here in existence is to share that message. So Penny, I'm going to ask you, because I know you're going to do a way better job (laughs) explaining what you've done and how you've made your mark here in Canada. Tell us about yourself. Tell our viewers about yourself. So, um, young girl coming to Canada in the seventies, um, parents, immigrant parents, parents came from Guyana. I was born in England. And um, my parents always instilled in me that you have to always give back. You have to, you know, lift as you climb and get your education um, and make your mark. And that came across strongly from my mother, 
who worked at Revenue Canada, and my father, who was an educator, worked at Petro-Canada for years, uh, worked there, passed away there and everything like that. But it was always do better. You can always do better. To fast forward to being a teenager in high school and um, doing track and field and always succeeding. So coming up to be like number one, like in the relays and stuff like that or whatever. And to uh, hanging out around with some guys. I went to a little school in Mississauga, Clarkson. And um, there, we had some competitive guys in track and field, which was T.L. Kennedy, which was the other school. And um, they were DJing. They used to have dances and stuff like that and DJing. And um, we used to hear about the dances. And so we'd go over to the dances and stuff like that. And I'd see the guys up there emceeing and rapping and scratching the music and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, mm, that looks like kind of fun. I, I don't mind trying that. So I remember going over to one of the guys' um, place and it, the hip hop came through, the um, Sugar Hill Gangs. And so we did it on cassette tapes. Cassette? On the cassette, cassette. tapes <laughs> where we had the reel-to-reel. So our reel-to-reel was a cassette tape. Yeah. So we had two um, dual uh, um, sound systems with the cassette and you kept playing it over and over. And it was WBLK back then because we didn't have any black radio stations. Okay. So um, they were playing the um, Sugar Hill Gang and we, I just memorized it. And then I was like, oh, let me put a few of my own parts and stuff like that in it. And then we did that and we just kept playing around. And then one of the guys who's uh, part of the Kilowatt crew has now passed away, uh, Fuller G. So I want to give homage to Fuller G because he was the one when he was rapping on the microphone, he passed the mic to me. and He's like, Pen, just play around, just try some stuff. And I was doing it. And I was like, oh, wow, that sounds good. But like, you know, thinking in my head, limiting myself, even though I was raised to move forward and to um, always do whatever I wanted to do. That's how I was encouraged. I limited myself because I was like, yo, you don't see any guys or girls out there rapping. You just see the guys. But he kept pushing me and he's like, do it, do it. So fast forward, they had a dance and I went to the dance with them. And that he was up there on the stage rapping and I was like behind, like total tomboy behind B-girl. And um, I was just listening to him and I was just vibing and he gave me the mic. And unknowns, unbeknownst to him, I was writing my own raps. So he gave me the microphone. And back then it was all about basketball. Like we were in love with the guys that were playing basketball. So I made a rap about basketball. So he gave me the mic because he heard me like doing it silently. And uh, he gave me the microphone and all of a sudden I was like on stage, like rapping about basketball and about six guys and all that kind of stuff or whatever. And I was just like, oh, wow, the crowd was getting hyped. And I was mm-hmm. like, I like this. I am enjoying this. This is this is a nice feeling to, um, OK, I really want to do this. I can do this. And then uh, he was up there uh, emceeing. Like, so we were passing the microphone back and forth. He was emceeing and he saw how the crowd was reacting. So he just stepped back and gave me the mic. And I just was like, OK, there's a shoe. And I just started rapping on point about a shoe or, or different things. and so then. To kind of fast forward to that, then I started, uh, we, at Caravana, we would have big dances and stuff like that. So we'd go to Caravana and then I'd get rapping against other crews, like Sunshine Crew, uh, uh, TKO Sound Crew. So those are the crews, the big crews back in the day. And we were a little Mississauga group. So those were the Scarborough and the Lawrence Heights groups and everything like that. So they, um, they were like, oh, wait a minute, what is this? You've got... A female MC, who's she? Why is she on there rapping and making that stuff? So they, what the guys did is they created um, different beats 
for me. And so I always pay homage to them, uh, Carl Cole, Glenn Fuller. I always pay homage to them because what they did is not only did they give me the power to have the microphone as men, and this is their game, they gave me the power to have the microphone to rap, but they would create musical beats for me to get on and, and to rap. So fast forward. So we have Caravana. Then you have back in the days, um, a lot of Americans like that just starting out would come up here to test out their music. So I'd find myself, I'd get a phone call from the guys. It's like, Penn, we're going to go to this club on Lawrence or Dufferin. It's called The Beat or whatever. Go there. and Oh, wow. There's Jazzy Jeff. There's like Fresh Prince, who wasn't Fresh Prince back then. He was just uh, Will Smith, right? So, yeah, we'd go there. And then um, I'd, I'd find myself, they would be rapping and stuff like that. And I would like imitate and I was like making a whole bunch of noise and stuff like that. Next thing you know, I'm up on the stage. And Jazzy Jeff is scratching. And I'm rapping and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Um, to a group called Houdini. They did the song, um, Friends. How many of us have them? Let's be friends. Okay. And so up on the stage, rapping with them. And they're like looking like, what? This girl, a Canadian girl. And I'm, I'm like rapping. I'm like, yay, West Indies. Yay, Toronto. Right? Because that was a novelty for them. To um, fast forward, CKLN. Ron Nelson had a um, hip hop show, a contest, which is you submit your rap and your rhyme to go against UTFO, uh, Roxanne Shante and UTFO. Um, and so back then that song was Roxanne, Roxanne, and um, I want to be your man and all that kind of stuff. So you had to do a comeback. So I did the rap and we were just playing around, did the rap on my cousin wrote the rap for me and we were just playing around and everything. We submitted it to CKL and we're like, yeah, okay, whatever. They're going to pick their Scarborough people, not us little Mississauga people. Then I got a call. You've been, you've won. You're, you've been selected to enter the contest. So selected the contest, went on the radio, um, CKLN back then and um, just did an interview and everything like that. It was like, you know, it's great. You're going to go. We thought it was just going to be like a little dance, mm -hmm. but it was like, you're actually going to be on a big stage. I think it's called government. It was called government, but we called it RPM back then. And you're going to be on a big stage and you're going to be rapping. And there's other people that have um, entered the contest and you're going to battle against them. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. My confidence is like hyping up. I'm like, there's no other girls out there. So I got this. <laughs> yeah. And at that time, there wasn't any of the competition were my cousins. And they were the ones that were writing the rap. So uh, it was like, okay, Penn, you go, you go do it. So I get up there and um, we get there. And the person that was opening the show was uh, Jermaine Stewart, which is, you have to Google him probably, but Jermaine Stewart uh, opened it up. And then they were like, okay, there's other people. So I'm sitting in a, we're sitting in a room at uh, the government and we're waiting. And then this guy walks in and I'm like, he looks kind of familiar. Yeah, I know him. I think he's, yeah, he looks familiar. It's Maestro. So contest went on and everything like that. Everyone got eliminated. It came down to me and Wes. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be beat. Like it's going to be done or whatever. And not only knowing, or I found out years later, he was thinking, what the hell? I got to go against her. There's no way I'm going to win. There's no way. So went up there, did the show. UTFO was there, which was the rap group. And which was amazing. They were there. And uh, I 
came in second to Maestro, and I have to put this disclaimer out there when he says it, <laughs> came in second because he had a human beatbox. Okay. Right? And um, that's the only reason why. He had a human, which is a, a friend of ours too, but he had a human beatbox, and that's how I came in second. But we joke about it like years later. So that was my major introduction into be emceeing and rapping and stuff like that. Wow. So, so that's amazing. Yeah. Like talk about a story of defying norms. Yes. And a lot of it was courage is what I yeah. hear from you yes. is a lot of times you had that self doubt happening in your mind, yeah. but you're like, you know what, Penny, just go do it. Just yeah. go do it. The stages are being presented. Just keep yeah. doing it. Awesome. Good stuff. So Penny, we're going to take a quick break. Okay. And we will be back shortly. Looking to consolidate your debt? in the market to purchase your first home? Interested in acquiring an investment property? Look no further. More Freedom is here to serve you. We aim to furnish our clients with the power and the confidence over their finances and a sense of accomplishment of taking the first step to get there. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I Want More Freedom. And you can always connect with us via our website at morefreedom.ca. Hello, and we are back on, with, on the Make Your Mark talk show. And we have the lovely Penny Cromwell in the house today. Penny's full of vibes. And one of the things I love about you is that you are so unapologetic. I love the fact, you know, in between the break and on all guests, powder me up. Let's take this. Take, let's take it. We got to be on point. So I just love that you're so comfortable in your own skin. And I want to get into kind of finding out what was one of your biggest accomplishments. So we talked about your journey a little bit and, you know, you really did create a platform for upcoming women to feel comfortable taking stages now. But what was what what was one of your biggest accomplishments that you like resonates with you every time you think of like, wow, look at what I've done. So my biggest accomplishment, I always say it's a part of my story. It's a part of my history this is my son. So, um, in the DJ group, Kilowatt crew, um, one of the reasons why I also joined it and got into it is his father was a part of the group and his father was like one of, was one of my best friends and everything like that. And, and then it transferred into a relationship and then my son came along and, um, being in that environment, it was cool. It was fun and everything like that. And, and, um, he supported me a little bit, but didn't really expect me to get to the point where I'm on stages with Maestro Fresh West. I'm on stage with Dougie Fresh. So got pregnant, had my son and, um, he was kind of like, well, do you really want to be rapping and doing this stuff? You should be home, you know, taking care of your kid, you know, and taking care of our kid and all that. But meanwhile, he's still going out. So I, again, even though my parents had pushed me and said, you can do anything you want, I suppressed that and stayed home, was looking after my son to save my relationship. Well, the relationship didn't work out, but I still had that son. I still had that child. So I had to... Um, make sure, and his father decided not to be a part of his life. And I had to make sure that I raised him to be a man. And in my head, I had my father in my head saying, I don't want to see you in the paper or him in the paper with no jail, no nothing or whatever. So I had the um, mission of raising a young black man and making sure that he stayed on the straight and narrow. And I'm, he's my biggest accomplishment because he was my goal to keep going 
and put my story or my passion or my dream on the back burner because I wanted to make sure he was he did right. Um, part of it is I left his father, went away to California, took him. He was under two years old, took him to California. And that was just in the prime of me becoming the Lady P, like going out on tour with Maestro. So went to California and I just happened to call my voicemail and there was Ron Nelson on, there was Maestro on. They were like, where are you? What's going on? What's happening? We're ready to go on tour. We want you to go on tour. The UTF co uh, UTFO concert and battle was just the beginning. Where? What's going on? Hung up the phone and just said, I got to just shut it down and focus on my son. Stayed in California for about two years because my focus was my son. Went through all kinds of stuff, doubting myself, questioning myself after building myself up. Um, but that was my way to break away from all the negativity and everything like that with his father. Came back to Canada um, and he was just about three years old. Make sure he's in school. Make sure he's doing everything right. Make sure he's in different programs. Fast forward, he's playing soccer. He's running track. And then he's uh, a track coach comes by and he's like, you know, your son's really good. You know, and I remember you. What aren't you? Didn't you what, in Mississauga? Weren't you like rapping and stuff like that? Like, yeah, yeah, but it's all about my son. Don't 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 worry about me. My son's doing track um, and I'm just encouraging it and I'm I'm pushing him. In the meantime, I'm um, unbeknownst to me, he's listening to all the stories about the Lady P. He's listening to all the stories about me rapping and emceeing and stuff like that. But he's like, I've got to make my mother proud. To fast forward where, um, and I say he's my biggest accomplish accomplishment because I remember taking off, working in the corporate world, taking my vacations, taking my um, sick days and everything to go to his track meets, to go to his soccer games. He, next thing I know, we're at Windsor University. He's running track, very, very low key, running track um, and sprinting around. And I hear on the speaker, ladies and gentlemen, Cordell Morrison, he's running around the track. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got our first uh, gold medal um, for midgets. So he broke a Canadian record. So again, uh, I had to suppress my stuff, but I put everything into my son. And he got his first. I was the first female MC. He was the first first um, record holder in the time and stuff like that for track and field. So I always say that he was my um, motivation and he's the best thing that I was able to do because, you know, West Indian families too, your, your parents will be like, oh my gosh, you know, you're not married and what's going to happen and everything like that or whatever. And I, I went through a lot with him, but he's my proudest proudest achievement. Um, he's my legacy. So not only am I the first female MC, he's also in the books for Canadian records for track and field. He's got a scholarship, went away to the States. He's back now. Um, but that was, and I did it by myself. Just similar to, even though I had the, the, the push from the guys a little bit for, for MC, um, I did that by myself. I, I stayed behind and um, nurtured my son. He's done that. And I'm so proud that he did appear in the newspapers, but it was the centerfold of the, like the Toronto star and the sun being up and coming, you know, track and field champion. Um, I was just amazed by that. And, and that's like my blessing. That's my biggest achievement. And the biggest achievement from that is he said to me one day, mom, I'm good. 
You did good. Go on and live your life. Move on. Live your life. And that's how I started to get back into, which is my passion, which is I like emceeing. Um, I do a little bit of rapping, but like more so emceeing. So I started to get out there. I started to get myself back out there at a much later age, get myself back out there, hosting events, talking about the Lady P, not shying away from I'm in the Hall of Fame. I started to own it and acknowledge it and be comfortable in my space and in my skin and say, yeah, this is me. Um, I may not be on the MTVs and all that kind of stuff, but I'm here and you got to hear my story. You got to understand that I've achieved that. So my son was my biggest achievement next to becoming, you know, one of the first female MCs watching him grow. Wow. What a story. Oh, I can actually <laughs> listen to you all day long, but wow. Just there's so much message in that story, particularly around the fact that, you know, most people would see it becoming a single mom as something as, oh, why me? I'm another statistic. Yeah. Whereas you took that and you said, you know what? No, I'm going to make sure that my son becomes something. Um, I'm going to push him to whatever limit that is. Um, and not one of the stories that you've told me, which you didn't mention on here, is that you didn't use his father as a weapon nope. towards him. And I, I can I can truly appreciate that uh, just from the mere fact that I've, I've, I've seen so many situations where parents, specifically mothers, have used their children as weapons against the father. And it only in turn hurts the child. So kudos to you. Thank you for honestly being that mature and being that grounded within yourself. Although you were going through moments of a lot of self doubt, you didn't take it out on anyone else. You found a way of dealing with it, which we're going to get into as well. Yeah. But moving along, I wanted to being a female MC. You only talked about guys so far that you were around and being one of the first female MCs. What did that feel like for you, knowing that every time you showed up in the space, there were just male figures? Actually, it, it, it empowered me. It empowered me and it motivated me to be an example for other women. And even I, I still do that to today. So being an example for other women, it empowered me um, because back then, even though I was around a lot of guys, they supported me. A lot of the guys were like, do it, go do it. Some of them were like either intimidated or some of them were like mocking it. But then when I started to like drop some of the lyrics or drop some of the lines or, or, or customize certain things towards some of them, mm-hmm. they supported it. And, they, and what I loved the most is that Let's say we're at a dance and, you know, it's an old school dance, whatever, it's kind of a little bit dark and they have certain lights or whatever. So the guys that I worked with, they would have like lights that would come out and beats and stuff like that. And then I would come out on the stage and um, they they would people would be dancing and stuff like that. And then they would literally stop and turn around and look and like, what, what is that? Cause I would come out either singing a line or I'd come out and, you know, start rapping and stuff like that. So I, I, um, Got a lot of support from uh, most of the guys that were there. And even to this day, a lot of the guys from back in the day, from the old crews or whatever, they're like, we we loved you. We used to listen to you. We're like, what happened? Where did you go? And then when we started to see you now, it's like, it's amazing. Like I was at an event 
in November, actually, I hosted Mishimi's uh, birthday party. Oh. And uh, there was uh, guys that came. Mishimi called me. I was in Ghana. She called me. She's like, Penn, I need you to come and host my birthday party. And so I went and hosted her birthday party. And there were guys like from back in the day that came up and they and they were like, oh, my gosh, where were you? Like, we heard that you were going to be here. Where were you? What are you doing now? And all that kind of stuff or whatever. And I said, I'm, I'm still emceeing, but not in the same token. So it was it was I, I, I would say back Back then, it was empowering. And here's the reason why it was empowering for me is I, they tried to bring other female MCs back then in, in those days, even mimicking the name, like saying Lady P, saying that they were Lady P or they were uh, uh, Ebony 3. And those girls came out in lingerie. Mm. They came out in tight little bustiers and stuff like that. So one thing that we made sure of, and I'm so proud of like the guys, the group that I was with is we used to, back in the day, we'd get our suits. The guys would get their suits tailor-made. They'd get their pants tailor-made, everything like that. We wanted to come out as a classy group, not taking away from them. Everybody's got their own thing. I'm not judging anyone. But for me, it was, I wanted you to hear my voice. I didn't want you to look at me and be like, oh yeah, she's cool. She's pretty. She's, you know, female MC. Boy, look at that. Mm, look at, I know I've got certain parts of my body that will stand at attention, you know, bring, bring attention to everybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud of it because yeah. it's all mine, but I wanted them to hear my voice. I wanted them to hear what I was going to say. I wanted to get the crowd going because of my voice, not because of what I was wearing. Yeah. And that was, that was, and, and the guys supported me in that. So I, didn't have to, um, you know, I didn't have to like wrap, uh, unwrap anything. I love that. Just my and, voice. You yeah. know, I becoming an entrepreneur, one of the things that was really shocking for me, I, I wouldn't say shocking. I wouldn't say shocking. I would say was just a lot of talk around the fact of how females feel so inferior to men. Well, most of my work environments were always with men. I actually, it was very, very weird for me to get into a world where I was actually working with more females. I didn't know what that felt like. So what that did for me is it just made me more of a logical thinker. It made me not be, yes, I still have emotions. I'm still a female, but I am able to put more logic to situations. And at no point did I ever feel less than. I never felt less than, mm -hmm. um, I always felt actually that it was about facts mm -hmm. and I, our discussions was more around facts and the businesses that I've been in, it came down to, does this make sense? What have you done? How does it, and, you know, and it was never, I never felt the comparison per se, as opposed to obviously there've been times where I've been in boardrooms where racially I felt different, but not necessarily because of gender. So Penny, you have just taken us on such a great journey. I wanted to get into kind of talking about now the trust pieces of things, the resiliency pieces. Tell us about a time when you felt like, you know what, this person was no longer serving me. Like I was in a space where, you know what, it wasn't for me anymore and how you dealt with that. So I'm going to have to go back to, um, Obviously, being in the Kilowatt crew and my son's father being a part of the, the crew, he was the DJ and I was one of the MCs. So it was a conflict of interest because we're out there DJing and, and I'm MCing and so forth. And he's there and he's the father of my son. Um, but I knew that we had to keep that face going, go out to the dances, go out to the events and stuff like that. Like we were traveling all over. We were in Buffalo, like doing Juneteenth. 
and all that kind of stuff. And knowing within myself that this wasn't working. Mm-hmm. This wasn't working because um, I wasn't myself. I was insecure. I wasn't myself. And so, but he's also the father of my child. So you have to make that hard decision, right? And um, the key thing is when trust is broken with somebody that you love, somebody that you've shared blood with, you know, um, which was my son. Um, so it was breaking that, tr- breaking from him and knowing that I, I couldn't trust what I thought we had. So it was making that decision to just get up and leave and to move on and, and set my priorities and set my goals and what is it that I want to do. So it was a, it was a hard lesson. But again, like I said, I went away. I went away to California. I was fortunate to be able to go to California and stay there and kind of get my, my head right. So bit of background. Um, I had such low self-esteem when I was with my father, who was my best friend, my, my, my son's father, who was my best friend that I, and I had my son and left, went to California. I was 300 plus pounds and went there and just kind of had to shed a lot, including the weight. So fortunately I went over there. I, my brother's in the Navy. I went there. He was like, okay, we can't do this anymore. Like this, who, who is this? What are, what are you doing? We can't do this. Literally walking around the base, having my son just kind of learning to walk in California, another country, not able to really make money. Um, So it's like I learned um, survival. So what are you going to do to make money to take care of your son? Um, And how are you going to shed that person? And a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer and a lot of talking to myself, a lot of um, letting go of the shame because through losing trust of somebody in that type of situation you have and you carry a lot of shame and i had to make that that hard decision and hard choice to literally leave the country let go of that shame and and understand and recognize i can't um continue doing this if i want to you know uplift another human more you know um so it was a very tough journey um i'm proud to say that I've got through it, came back stronger from the States and was able to, I say it in this way, but it's not ill, ill intent, but to meet my demons. So my first thing was to come back and meet my, my son's father and say, you don't have that hold anymore. I don't trust you. I don't want to be around you. I'm a good person. I can move forward. I can do better and I will do better may not be in what my passion what was, which was emceeing and doing all that. I had to lose all. I lost all that, actually. Not had to. I lost all that. I lost that opportunity. But I knew within my heart that that opportunity would come again, and it did. It did, like, um, umpteen years later, it, it, it did come back. And uh, I was um, empowered by my belief in myself. Like, I had to find myself. I had to know what was inside of me and to go out there and to make a positive world for my son. Like I said, I, I met with his father and I said, you know, I, you don't have that hold anymore. And I came back from California. Uh, I'd lost over a hundred and blah, blah, blah pounds and oh, stuff wow. like that or whatever. And it wasn't any um, dieting or anything like that. It was just literally... Sometimes when you're going through stuff, literally you, you shed. And when you start to shed inside and release all of that, the rest will go. Yes. The rest will go. It's so funny that you said that, you know, in, as a, as a strength and conditioning coach myself, 
I meet people that's come to me and they'll say, you know what, Kim, I want to lose weight. I want to lose this. I want to, I want to change this. I want to look this way. And I never attack it from that platform. I sit, I meet with them. I talk to them. I understand who they are, what they're going through. And some people, I tell them it's not weight that you need to lose. That's physical. And they look at me and their eyes fill up with water. And it's like, no, I know that it doesn't matter what you do with me. You need to deal with what's happening inside with you. Yep. Your weight is emotional weight. Absolutely. It is not physical. It looks physical to the eye, yeah. but that ain't got, ain't got nothing to do yeah. with what I'm going to do with you. Because if you're still holding on to whatever you're holding Absolutely. on to, honestly, one, I don't want you to waste your money. Yes, it is definitely good for heart health and so forth, but I want you to deal with that demon, as you said, that's been haunting you because honestly, you don't need to change anything and deal with that. And everything just starts falling off. Exactly. Starts, you know, so Penny, I want to take it on to tell me about a time when you felt like giving up. Cause I'm sure through your journey, you just felt like, you know what, there were times, you know what, this isn't worth it anymore. Tell us about a time. So I would say, um, coming back from California and coming back from California and, um, still having that one, I want to do the wrapping. I want to do it. Not, I given up my job. I just packed up everything and just went away, took my son and I didn't have a job when I came back. I didn't have a job to come to and everything and coming back and seeing that, um, I was still very, very young when I came back from California with my son and seeing everybody moved on Mm -hmm. and seeing, and I'm being very honest and transparent, seeing Maestro like with the Junos and the, the, the platinum records and let your backbone slide and everything like that. Seeing, um, Mishy who, when we used to go to parties and dances and stuff like that, she was there, you know, in the audience. I think I saw her perform once. Right. And I was in the audience, but she was like in in the audience. or she was like with the sunshine group or and stuff like that, seeing that they'd all moved on and knowing that, wow, like I've just got to either start from the bottom again, if I want to go into it, um, or I got to move on. I got to just, I got to just say, okay, that that's, um, that's done and over with, but it was never done and over with in my spirit. It was never done. I always had that yearning. So I, but I, that was the a one time I would say where I would felt like, I don't even want to like, I'm just going to go in a little quiet show. I'm just going to live my life. You know, everybody's going to know that lady P ran away and she couldn't even, you know, do all that kind of stuff, whatever, all these people are. So I, I, I was, I would say ashamed. So I steered away from that kind of environment. Um, cause again, even though I went away to empower myself and lost the weight and shed everything. And you said something that's very key. Um, I, even though I shed it, I still internally did not release a lot of it. So I had to, um, I had to, um, face that. So literally like when I would go out, when I came back from uh, California, when I'd go out places and stuff like that, and people would be like, Hey, Penny, where you been? And, and, Oh, lady P and, Oh, there's a dance. Hum-. Like I had people coming to me and saying, we got to get you back in there. We got to, but again, even though I thought I was ready and I'm good, um, I hadn't released it. So I was like, no, 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 I don't do that anymore. I don't, I, I, I literally was like, you know, that's, I'm not, that's not who I am. Um, so that was the point where I, yeah, where I felt like just kind of just giving up and everything like that. But again, I got to go back to my son. It was looking at him and saying, okay, well, you made that hard choice, that hard decision, even though it was against some of the family's wishes, he's here. 
Mm-hmm. So you're either going to do it or you're going to do it. Yeah. There's no in between. There's no choices, you know? So it was just to keep going and stuff like that. Even though I, I was at one point like held my head down and was, you know, ashamed of people would call me up and they're like, Oh, come out. we got to, we got this dance happening or whatever. And then who you are is who you are. Mm-hmm. So even though I tried to shy away from it, I would go to like the, let's say new market to a party. And there's that one person that's like, Lady P, come on. And I'm like, okay, well, my name is Lady P. I'm here to, and then all of a sudden it would start coming back out again. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, oh my gosh, I still have it. Yeah. I think that's something definitely to be talked about. If there is that, that there's this piece in you that never leaves you and who you are is literally who you are. You cannot change it. You can't run from it. And look, you went all the way to new market and there's this one person in the crowd. Yeah. And you're, you know, sometimes we're trying to run away from ourselves. And the fact is, is that no, we need to sometimes take a step back, believe in who we are and understand that not everyone's going to accept us for who we are, but this is who we are. And this is how our existence here means something and not be, be unapologetic. And I think hearing your story, it makes sense now how you show up today, Yeah, how you, and you show up in the fullest form. Like I am here. I even said to the crew before you got, you guys will know when Penny comes in, (laughs) like you gonna know she's here, but on that note, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back. Tired of being tired? Seeking to build your self-confidence? Are you feeling uncomfortable in your skin? It's time to move with Kim. Studies have shown that in this era of exponential growth of the metabolic syndrome and obesity, lifestyle modifications have been proven to be one of the most effective ways to improve your health and quality of life. Let's chat about your goals and how we will get you there. Send your inquiries to hello at kimniles.com and let's start conditioning your mental and physical health today. Hello, and we are back with the Make Your Mark talk show. And this show is on fire with Lady P, aka Penny Cromwell. So Penny, you have shared such great insights with us today, and I'm learning a lot just sitting here listening to you. And one of the things for me that um, I'm hearing from you is that as you went through your journey, you started to learn and there were things that if you look back now that you potentially may have changed and done a lot sooner. So what would be two things that you felt you wish you knew earlier? And then two things that you wish that you had the ability, like you wish you would change, you would change now. So to, let's start with two things you wish you knew earlier and that you would share with us, like as a young person right now growing up, that you wish you knew earlier that you would leave with our audience. So I would say one of them would be that always believe in yourself um, and the strength that you, you go in with, it's always going to be in you. Right. And don't look to other sources to find it. It's always within you. Whatever it is that motivates you and makes you get up in the morning, stick to that. Cause that's what came out. That's what came out in me eventually in the end, doing through my own search, my own journey. That's one of them. And I'd say the second thing is 
your journey is your journey. So no matter how you get to where you get to, no matter what you have to do, respect that, understand that, and take a pause and listen to it. Your your shame and your embarrassment or your joy and your happiness is all dependent on you. Don't look for other people for validation. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And and I think that comes from like a West Indian background, whereas like you're always trying to make sure that your parents are proud and happy because they have these visions for you. Uh, I remember one time my dad was started off with, you know, what are you doing rapping? Like, what is it? Girls don't rap. And my mother was like, my mother used to call me rapper number two because the guy was rapper number one. And she's like, women don't do them. What is that? That kind of stuff. Two, my father coming to one of my my dances at a big um, hall and watching it and, and being a part of it and coming to me and saying, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of you. Like, doing that. And, but I, I was looking for that validation Mm -hmm. to, um, my father, uh, and my mother kind of being like, Oh my gosh, you've had a child. Your life is going to, this is not what we brought you for and everything. So I was always trying to validate, validate and make them proud to my son winning his records. Um, and again, I was like, I wish my dad was here because he had passed. I wish my dad was here because he could see, you know, I, I didn't make a mistake. I, I I did wrong. And yes, the rapping to getting the award. And again, so my point to that is that your journey is your journey. How you validate it and how it's validated has to depend on you. Don't look for that outside. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, part of what you talked about, you know, I remember in speaking with you, you said it was really important for you to make sure your son had a good education. Yeah. So what's your take on it? Like this question literally is a question taken from our students where they want to know, is it book smart more important or street smart? It's a combination of both. Okay. It's a combination of both. It has to be. Our parents, my parents, my generation or my generation of parents would say it's all because they come from the West Indies or like um, Guyana, South America. They come from there where it's um, get your books, learn your education and all that kind of stuff. But I can say right now, I don't have a university degree, but I've got the I've got the education and I got the degree in life. I got the degree in life by being out there, emceeing, traveling all over, being having the opportunity to travel. I got the degree in life and working in the financial services and people actually mentoring me because they kind of were like, I'm interested. Don't know your story, but I'm interested in your story, but here's how I'm going to help you do better, be better. Right. Um, to going back to school later on, my son is, my son's in school and I'm in school. So it's a combination of both. However, I I always say to everybody, however your journey and your story, it's your story. However you get to it, make sure you get to it. Don't pause. Don't stop. You get up every morning. You've got a breath. You, you, you wake up and say, thank God I'm alive. Don't stop. Keep going. Always try to be better. Even if it's like one minute at a time, one second at a time, always try to move forward and be better. So my answer to that, it's a combination of both. It has to be. Okay. Especially in this day and age. Awesome. So Briefly, because I know I didn't get a chance to touch on this, but this is a question that comes up all the time. How did you know the difference between collaboration versus doing something for free? Were there ever Mm -hmm. times where you got approached to be an MC and Mm -hmm. they're like, well, we can't afford to pay you, Mm -hmm. but here's what you're going to get out of it. And how did you decide which gigs you were going to take? That's so easy. So 
if they came to me, I've been approached to MC, and um, if they came to me and they said to me, um, I want you to MZ, MC this event, I want you to help host this event, um, but I, I, what's your price? So I'd say, I'd ask them, what is the event? What's the purpose of it? Very important. What's the event? What's the purpose? Who's the target audience? And what kind of message are we trying to go through? So if it's a dance or a party or whatever, and I know that they're they're getting money at the door or whatever it is, I will I will say, okay, well, this is my price. But if it's uh, an event like a fashion show or um, uh, another party or something like that, where the proceeds are going towards the youth or to the kids or to um, a, a hospital or to any kind of um, a, a structure or an environment that's aligned with who I am, mm -hmm. then I'm like, sure, I'm there. You can use my name. You, I'm, I'm going to go in there and I will partner with you because at the end of the day, we all have it. It doesn't matter if we're in the limelight, we all have a brand and we have to protect that brand. It's very important to protect that brand. Awesome. That's, that's so important. It, and I have this conversation a lot with people that I mentor and work with. And I let them know that, you know what, you are a brand, whether you have a business or not, mm -hmm. your first and your last name is your brand. Mm -hmm. And you have a responsibility to protect that. And for me, and this used to, people would tell me this all the time, you know what, Kim, you're so cocky because I would only do things that are in line with my values. And it would come off as very standoffish. Mm -hmm. And, but for me, it was like, why am I going to sign up for this? Even if I'm going to be paid, mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't serve me in yeah. any way. And I believe at some point that it must go beyond money through yes. discussion because there's such deeper value in aligning yourself with people and things that have a deeper meaning to your core, yes. right? You leave fulfilled at the end of the day, as opposed to, you know, being disgruntled and it's just not serving your spirit. But as we wrap up, Penny, what yes. are some top, your top three things that you'd want to leave with our viewers, uh, you know, how they can make their mark. Top three. So number one is, and I say this to my son, is if you were to die tomorrow, what would you want people to say about you? Awesome one. Two, every day that you get up and you wake up, show up. Three, your journey is your story. It's your history. Yeah. That's it. Love it. Love it. Penny, it has been a complete pleasure. Thank you. Complete, Thank you very complete much for having pleasure me. having you here on the show. And you didn't tell us about one thing because you're leaving here to go check yourself out at the reference library. So what's happening yeah, there? I'm like so honored and excited. I'm actually leaving from this and going over to the Toronto Reference Library on Young. Uh, they have a big mural. It's a hip hop mural um, back in the day. And they've got a big mural with a quote from me, Lady P, right on the front entrance, right in the Toronto Reference Library. So again, that's a part of my story, my history and my footprint that's now in the Toronto Reference Library. Awesome. So, what an honor yeah. to go over there and see yourself on a wall. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Well, thank you for doing all the work that you've done here in Canada. Thank you. Thank you for continuing to be a role model and, you know, keep telling your story because you have an awesome story. You're amazing at storytelling. And this lovely lady has just blessed us with so much knowledge. Uh, feel free to hit replay if you need to.
But thank you for joining us today. And don't forget to follow us online at on Instagram, makeyourmark.ca and follow us online as well. Makeyourmark.ca. Actually, Penny, how can, how can our viewers reach you? I'm on Instagram. So it's uh, lady P four and I'm also on Facebook, Penny Cromwell. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. Make sure to follow her. She's got some real knowledge. So till we meet again, thank you and have a great day. You've been listening to the Make Your Mark podcast. You can visit our website and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at makeyourmark.ca. And please subscribe, rate, and review.